Happy holidays, all! Welcome back to Wham Life with my friends, the Grinch, Oscar the Grouch, and the Dead Tree from the Charlie Brown Christmas Special. I live in a trash can. I'm I get to be the tree. Damn. I'm your friend. <laughs> I want to be the dead tree. <laughs> oh, well, it looks like you're going to have to be the Grinch, which is honestly how I imagined all three of you. I am your friend who is you ignorant of your time. But I will celebrate your time with you because I love you. It's an old Germanic uh, version of the winter solstice traditions. I just said I was ignorant, yet I knew that. <laughs> so, the reason why we're doing all Roll this tide. is that this... Thank you. The reason why we're doing all of this is because now that it's December over here at Wham, this is of course well into the holiday season, and not and we don't specifically talk about Christmas. Rather, the intention of this particular live is to talk about holidays, celebrations, auspicious days, and traditions found in our fiction. But let's take a couple of steps back and speak a little more abstractly. We're familiar with all sorts of stories that have a holiday or a festival that is a, a focal part of the story, whether it be for the grand setting or even for just um, particular plot points and scenes. Movies like uh, Christmas Carol or the Halloween Horror Series trilogy, or even movies that are a little more specific, like uh, many movies recently, this Coco about Dia de los Muertos, or pretty much every Asian movie I've ever seen that at least has one type of Asian festival. And I'm not just talking Chinese and Japanese. Many, many Asian movies and many, many Asian festivals. The, Listen, we a need to see the, our female leads in their traditional garb and fireworks. I suppose so. <laughs> That's like several of my favorite things put together. I have to I'm glad you did. Glad you do. Now, many of the stories, especially movies and t uh, movies and shows and even other types of products I've named, they leverage already existing things in the real world and are not crafting things out of thin air for the purposes of their setting. Fantasy doesn't necessarily have that much of that, uh, at least not in my personal experience. Obviously, there are three other people here who have vastly different experiences with the content they've watched and maybe we'll hopefully get to discuss just how these fictional stories use tradition, holiday, and even personal auspicious days to really reflect what uh, what sort of world building and even character development that uh, are important for the characters and settings of their fictional of the fictional worlds. So I think one of the first things to talk about is that even in some fictional settings. The one that I have as the best example is Destiny, the video game. There are holidays, but they're reskins of what we are already familiar with. Crimson Days features a bunch of red rose petals and the idea of two particular people getting together to go into PvP and beat up other couples of people. That's just ho that's just Valentine's Day. That's just actually the most accurate version of Valentine's Day I've ever seen outside of me fighting people in Walmart for the last box of chocolates. <laughs> then there's the Festival of the Lost in the same game. That is happening in the time of the year that you already understand. It is supposed to celebrate those who have um, those who have been long gone and to honor their traditions. It's like a combination of Dia de los Muertos and Halloween. And then finally there's the Dawning, which could not be more explicit in terms of when it happens. And then the theming of it all based on its name. 
but they I have to be real with you it's a bit of a shame as I harp on specifically destiny because there's so much of its lore so much of its content that is not based around celebration and tradition although it very much could be and we'll uh, I'll get into more examples of that later but first I want to hear from the rest of our lovely co-hosts you have any examples of a uh, fictional setting or a fictional story that features some type of tradition ritual celebration or holiday so this is actually something that came up in the writing of my book um obviously not published yet but uh the big thing that i came to the realization of was two big things i didn't have any holidays and then when i started to look into like ideas for holidays it was the start of this realization that I had that we as humans are an incredibly self-absorbed race. Yes. Like far more so than you might Very think. Much so. Because we consistently, when we think of things like for fantasy, for sci-fi, only think about it from an Earth-centric mind. Like it was my big issue that I had when coming up with a universal time. Was that the idea of a like even just any sort of time system for an entire universe or even multiple like star systems doesn't make any sense unless you have instant transmission style travel because of the fact that not only is the time going to be distinctly different between planets it's going to be distinctly different in space especially in between stars as you're traveling, uh, now, I, if I remember to interject here, you specifically did not want light speed travel in your version of story for their space travel for that very re uh, for that reason, among many other wonky physics based stuff that comes with light uh, faster than light travel, right? Yes, and the issue that I always, uh, not always, but since I started doing research on the topic of faster than light travel, is the fact that it can't exist without time dilation. And that's the last thing that you want to try and take into account when you're writing. And the, you know, one of the things that nobody does take into account when they're writing it is, well, what direction is the time dilation going? Are we losing time, gaining time? Am I going to be older than my kid when I get over here? Some weird shit happens when you go faster than life. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I went with wormholes. But that's how you get Earth Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to you crafting any sort of centralized celebration in your story, what did, yes. how did you approach this? So I wanted to essentially take everything we had about how our holidays work and say, fuck that. <laughs> fuck I it. wanted to pull more yeah. things in. Like, one of the holidays that came up is actually what the focus of book two is. Wherein they have what could best be described as a Veterans Day, but the way that, that Veterans Day works is for specifically one type of the military, but also it works a bit like how Oktoberfest works, where it's not one day, it's a four-day celebration that instead of having one day, everybody gets off, go home, go out to eat maybe, do something about it, it's everyone works a half day for all four of those days, and there are events that happen on every single one of those days. And I think that the issue is, is that what you find is, is that when you go to fantasy, when you go to sci-fi, 
is that they very much just like to reskin our most famous holidays. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas. It's yep. Thanksgiving. It's yep. somebody's birthday. It's yep. Independence Day. And it's like, cool, what about anything else? Yeah. Like, yeah, why? Y'all, y'all celebrate a local rabbit in your forest or something? Why would we? Yeah. Why and would you not? When you look Brown back rabbit's day. When you look back at history, you see that there were a whole lot of different celebrations that are nothing like what we do today. And one of the other holidays that I mentioned actually in the first book is I can't remember the name for it because it's in space language because I fucking do that shit to hurt myself. Um, the one of the races has a uh, what is it? It is the night of the crystal stars. And the way that it works is they actually shut down the entirety of the light system in every city around their entire home planet. Because they're a space-faring race, they want to be able to see all the stars because that's where family, friends, other people, and places they could go are. And so they want to have a night once a year where everything gets turned off, they get rid of all the light pollution, and they can see everything more clearly. They let the they let the hospital stay on, right? The, they no. still have power. There's just no lights. That's right. Oh. Uh, so all the people essentially all the, for all the hospitals, the, the hospital? way that it would work is that the rooms that have windows, no lights. Anything medically that needed to happen, you better have a room that's on the inside without a window. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. My <laughs> brain just went right to cat bugs. Don't blink it over it. That's right. The, what's more important is that imagine there's someone, uh, one of these races, uh, an unfortunate person who has grown up either traumatized or even genetically is just kind of afraid of the dark. And now this one bad. time of year, they're suffering. But they go to their basement and they turn on a flashlight. I'm good. Go the and, fuck to bed. <laughs> and that hypothetical it situation. It happens at night, goddammit. Nah. Uh, <laughs> they can't even go to sleep without a nightlight. And Yo. you, the purpose of me heckling you like this is because this is an opportunity granted by the situation that you, this world building situation you propose with how this culture works, how they decide to operate during their daily, weekly, dare I say, even yearly cycle if they have anal- uh, things analogous to those time dates. This, this planet just turned off every street light in the middle of the night. I'm dead. That's right. Literally. Don't be People, out. All of those all of everybody <laughs> outside operating vehicles at that time at that during the holiday got to turn off the headlights. All of them. Love how y'all talk about this as though on Christmas there's anybody fucking outside. There is. There's people working on Christmas. But that's because, you know, Christmas is not a thing that the entire planet of Earth celebrates for all 8 billion of us. Uh, But it's a good number of us. It's only the lights. It's not the entire power grid. (laughs) Uh, An example that I actually wanted to bring up was from a manga that I've been reading called The Wrong Way to Use Healing Magic. This has almost nothing to do with any of the rest of the story, so this is very much a spoiler-free in the tidbit of the story itself our main uh main protagonist ends up going to a neighboring country from the one he was isekai'd into called samario and their whole thing is that every single day apparently during what i if i remember correctly during their evening hours their gigantic bell tower makes a noise and everyone prays to it and i mean everyone in the, in the goddamn kingdom 
including sometimes the king, but he personally telling this to the protagonist while explaining a lot of this um, culture around this bell tower. It's sort of like, eh, I married into this family. I don't really care, but I understand that everybody else cared, including my dead wife. Uh, it's been here, as he tells the protagonist, since the king hundreds of years ago during one of their most darkest periods of human history, giant monsters attacking and shit try to have it built in order to uh, make an effigy for the hero that saved their kingdom back then of course the hero didn't take the bait and decided to you know do its hero thing and go hero other places but the bell tower stayed and for everyone else's perspective and knowledge it's just a symbol of the of hope for the entire for the entire nation and these kinds of things mean a lot to really give a sort of idea of just uh, the mindsets of various people because whether or not any sort of grander plot point comes from the bell tower like oh my god it's secretly a monster or oh my god it actually is blessed by some elder god that gives everybody a passive buff it, these things can now be uh, included and featured more uh what is the word i'm looking for easily because of this just general setting world building inclu uh, inclusion Maurice, Ross, me. Y'all got anything? Any particular example of a uh, tradition, holiday, etc., in a fictional story? Um, to be honest, no. Hmm? I cannot really think of too many in a um, fictional setting that I have been a part of that has not just been straight up a carbon copy of something or a mockery of um, then something that exists in our world. Right. Then can you give me... Because uh, one aspect that I haven't touched on, but I think you can help me out with, the ones where it's more like rituals. After all, many fictional stories have the benefit of somewhat provable gods, higher beings and deities. Those many sometimes actively or others just... Uh, unintentionally gaining a lot of worship and a lot of ritualistic practice associated with them. Can you give me an example of one that just, of course, then becomes a culture-wide thing for a group of people? Uh, the best one I can give you is a kind of spooky-ish one. Sure. Uh, so on the plane of Innistrad and d and uh, the Harvest Moon is not good. So I'm very, and I'm not doing this as a bit. I very much am unaware of a lot of complex D&D lore. What exactly is the Harvest Moon? So in Magic the Gathering, on the plane of Innistrad, the Harvest, well, Innistrad is a plane of spooky Halloween things. Werewolf, vampires, and zombies are always running about, but in more organized fashions. Like, you know, the werewolf got packs, or is hiding from the side of town waiting for the full moon to come out so they can run rampant. The vampires, they own things. They're like royalty and nobility. And necromancers are just creating armies of zombies just to teabag people sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, during I mean, the Harvest Moon, theirs is red because the moon rarely ever leaves the sky. Because I believe they actually live on a flat plane. Must be great for and people. It empowers them. The Blood Moon empowers all of the supernatural, making it very hard for the meatbags, aka the humans, who live there. 
So, you know, that's a time of year where you should be very weary of what you do during the day. So, you know, you get all your things done. Come home now because uh, it's about to get fucking crazy out, little Timmy. Right. Come in, come inside the house before the streetlights come on, so to speak. Now, uh, this description of the so, Harvest Moon does remind me a lot of, I, if I'm not mistaken, some some fall solstice traditions, not specifically ones that eventually transformed into Halloween, but those taking place around the same time of year to just make sure that the local populace stays wary of the dangers of the forest and things of, and things of that like. Mm-hmm. But um, that is one thing, but that's not a, you know, day of celebration. That's a day of, oh my fucking God. True. I may use, Damn, I may oh, have used the word auspicious. I may have used the word auspicious, but that doesn't necessarily, I'm not necessarily only referring to the good days. There are various important things that are sometimes locally or personally relevant for a lot of people that does end up becoming a important part of the characterization. This helps me bring up the other example that I want to talk about on the smaller scale in the anime Full Metal Alchemist. It's a famous meme at this point, depending on which uh, internet part of the internet you surf but october 3rd is mm-hmm. often a day that is filled with memes from full metal alchemist fans because it is a date that ed and al alphonse elric hold very dear to them it is the day that they've tried to resurrect their mother and absolutely failed leading to their catastrophic losses at the beginning of the series mm-hmm. big sad right this of course provide uh, the fact that it's so tied with the date also means that they think about it every time october 3rd rolls around which is how we find out about it in the first place he has a pocket watch with the date etched into it so these kinds of things uh, offer a great opportunity for characterization if in a, any sort of way you're just trying to figure out how to make a character feel more real it definitely bridges into the topic of what do they believe in what do they how do they hold value to things not even just what they hold value ross oh i had an example uh, oh i would like to get to it after i hear ross first would you like down the mean answer i i i, I saw that but i shot the car. uh the meme would you answer. like the mean answer or the serious thing you know me. I want a meme answer. <laughs> the meme answer is the purge. So the I purge. was just I was actually think I was actually thinking about that. Now, you take the floor on this one. What's going on with the purge? Purge is I I, I don't know who got I can explain into it to you room. if you want. You should, because I don't know who got into a room and decided, hey, let's let the neighbors kill each other. Was a good fucking idea. That, that it was actually, was. the government. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed, it, it was. This fake evil government. Right. Yes, not the yes, normal the fake evil, evil government. Not the normal evil government. The fake evil the, government. It's the January sixth insurrection would be government. But yes, the purge is a <laughs> holiday that happens once a year, uh, ran by the government to let the populace release some of their tension throughout their violent means of a 12-hour span from i believe seven to seven where all crime is legal except for these stipulations Mm -hmm. 
You can kill anyone you want, except for these tier of higher higher echelon people. But we until you know, until that one time they were like, "Yeah, we got to kill this lady." So we're taking Jeez. that one off the list. <laughs> it's like a new ban list. Yes, and the first one is mostly for the government to send in hit squads to just kill mostly poor people. Mostly poor people. But unlike the first Purge movie, where it was literally one family being harassed by Purgers, uh, this one, the, the rest of them actually show the government being the more antagonistic front, which kind of saddens me because I wouldn't mind one of them or two of them being it. But like, you know, you got to mix in all the other shit, too. True. Uh, I don't know how I well would... this would have done as a holiday if it was mostly the government acting up. Uh. Well, for... The, the problem with well, the, the, the they don't know the populace right. don't know the government they don't know many people up. obviously those who have already been distrustful of the government would obviously assume that something was up when they legalized murder for 12 hours but uh, in the case of the purge movies I'm, uh, the thing that I want to piggyback off with Maurice it's true most of the purge movies squarely focus on the life and death situations that come from everybody just being able to murder and everyone going out with the intention of murdering, which can get kind of boring by like the third movie, when the only other type of person we uh, we meet other than our more moral heroes who would kill in retaliation, but never, you know, to have fun, is a rapist. And I think that's the only other type of ne'er-do-well that existed in the, well, in the... movie three. Yeah, in the Purge TV show, you actually meet Purge Heisters, which was my idea for a Purge, where right. you just, it's a person who, works at a bank as a security person and when it's purge time fucking robbing the place yeah but you know, they don't really show what happens with the heisters in the tv show during the purge they're helping people fight the government again and i'm like come on do something else yeah. i get it the government's There's evil right uh it it's a it's a unique opportunity based on its uh deceptively simple premise of all crime is legal because there's more to crime than just killing but this is also talking about a predominantly action movie franchise that is trying to sell you on that could be a uh, fucking great movie heist points. movie though because they you gotta know that banks are gonna spend well, a whole lot of money yeah. to try and protect their ship because it's like literally stealing is free that's yeah. off the table that's right. And then after that, like after you get the money from the first half, you have to get it to the safe house while people are purging. Not yeah. only that, I've I was I, the kind of heist that I thought of for especially characters I would want to write, cyber terrorists. They are already doing things a lot of things for free. Now I just get to do more things for free. Sure. At this point I'm just wiring the bank account. I can pirate every... movies. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. there, there's also a lack of exploration in the lower impact stuff. Literally, people who are just staying in their homes all 12 hours, binging whatever movie they want on like uh, the version of Netflix that they just hop different VPN servers for. It's just like, oh no, look at them not being in Jamaica watching the. I don't know what Jamaica Netflix has to offer. This is a terrible example. For could you imagine that, though, just like you have the story of, like, these are the people fighting back against the government. They cut to fucking me sitting on my couch watching a poorly, like, a regular easy-to-pirate movie 
it, it's still got the Chinese subtitles on it or something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the weird part is this: more and more people after the first purge, because which was people. Okay, so the first purge, quick synopsis went like this: Hey, we'll give you 10k if you purge on the um, you know, on the first purge. And people on Staten Island were like, "Shit, sure, yeah, I need money. Yeah, I'm fucking broke." No, it was only 5k. So, you know, they would stay there and everyone was just partying, doing drugs and yada, yada, yada. And that's when the government was like, <coughs> sending the team. We got to make sure that this one gets off the ground. And that's when they had um, people pretending to be purgers start purging people. And then there were just an actual serial killer. It was I mean, just one crazy dude. Right. Because, you know, it's it's a day where they get to yeah. you know, do the thing. But then there was also the rebellion who was already against the new founding fathers of america that is the evilest name ever don't call yourself that they, they did they did like metal gear solid they straight up called themselves the patriots we all knew they were bad people yep <laughs> i do i do ironically think then if i was to write an evil group within the evil group they would be the new wig party just to keep this, just to keep this cycle of bullshit going. Honestly, the more we talk yeah. about this, the more I want to write a singular fan fiction chapter about the purge. That's just a dude in his house hanging out and like yeah. have the tension there of like, like just all, all of the like. I'm gonna watch the movies and I'm gonna literally use every like tension moment they had, but literally nothing is gonna happen to them. <laughs> you hear gunshots. You, see, you hear bullets whiz by you. Your car character checks himself. He realizes that, yeah, the, the side of his wall, they get shot. But also, coincidentally, you know, at, uh, was shot at the same time of the movie he just pirated. So he's like, damn, this is like smell-o-vision. Mm -hmm. <laughs> have her get up at one point, like, well into the chapter, go to the front door, and lock it because he forgot to earlier. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, Ross, you did have a non-serious answer for me, and I want you to hold that. Kaiser, you had a ritual you wanted to discuss. Yes, because this one isn't technically a holiday one, but the way that it worked is... So, if you guys remember the Mistborn series that I, I have talked about by Brandon Sanderson, extremely good first book. Um, Jesus Christ. All right, I'll bite. What? I'm sorry. I was um, looking up the um, dude who played who played a big role in two of the purges. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. The guy who plays um Rumlo from Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This man out here deciding, yeah, I'm being like five to seven movies a year. Jesus. Yes. Um, as I was saying though, um, so. This didn't come up into the second book. It's one of the reasons why I like... Overall, I like the series. I just don't like every... The first book is very good. The second two are... Meh. The second book would have been great if it wasn't for a certain thing that I've already talked about. I'm getting off topic. So, there is the last empire of which... The head of which is the last emperor. <laughs> Now, obviously, since there are two more books, uh, yeah, he fucking dies in the first book. <gasps> no. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's a good thing. He was kind of a dick. Um, Yay. No, R.P. 
what was discovered in the second and third books, though, was that there was a ritual that he was doing... I can't remember how often it was. It was every, like, 40 to 100 years. Wherein he would go down to the Well of Ascension. Where he would essentially go into it. And he would then take the power from the Well of Ascension. And the deity that is within the well. Ah. Which is yeah, how he powers. was able no, to... My... Which is how he was able to live at eternally and do the other things that he did. Technically. Um, there's a lot into it. But, the second book is actually called The Well of Ascension because that is the book wherein our main character, Vin, goes to the Well of Ascension and she does the opposite. She releases the power of the entity that is within the Well of Ascension. This is what we refer to in the business as a bad move. Oh, no. Because it turns out the deity within the well is evil, and the god emperor... No, the god emperor, sorry, that's a different series entirely. The <laughs> the last emperor, while he was an evil piece of shit, he was literally keeping an evil god from getting free and wreaking havoc, which is what the third oh. book is about. This evil god wreaking havoc. Oh, I love Fable 3. Yeah, why? <laughs> That's why. Um, but yeah, it was. That was the ritual I wanted to talk about. That's a fun ritual. <laughs> um, because also, there is a good god, and the good god is desperately attempting to, in the um, second book, get Vin to not release the deity, up uh -huh. to and including uh, Vin's. I think he technically. Was her boyfriend at this point? They got married you know. eventually. I can't remember if they were married or not I, at this three point. Books, three books in, you might you, at least you, you should have held I'm about to say two books in, you should have at least held hands. They definitely <laughs> held hands. They weren't married at this point because this was the book with the love triangle in it, and it was really dumb. Um, <laughs> that was the dumb thing, by the way. I hated it. Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My joke has made me giggle. My joke has murdered me. I am dying laughing. <laughs> Sorry. Um. But yeah, he was there when she got to the well. And so the good god actually stabbed her boyfriend? Because if she took the power, she would have been able to save him. But the good god isn't able to talk at all to her. So it's just trying to motion at her to do things, and she got it in her head Wait. that he, the good god was actually evil. So he's like, I did, how to get her to use the power? Uh, stab! Huh? Save Wait. him? Wait. Save him? Wait, could he not, could he not write? No. Nope. Fun fact, the evil god's main power, chest. well no, the evil god's main power was that it could change anything not written in stone. Quick, someone give me a chisel. Skill-based Rosetta Stone. Like, actually, to, to get into one thing that was actually really cool about it was that at the beginning of the book, they had found an etching of a, like... They had found an etching of a prophecy. And then if you paid really close attention throughout the book, 
there were certain things that were slightly changed in the prophecy because you got read the prophecy at the very beginning of the book and every chapter was opened with a reading of something in the first book it was the journal of the last emperor and then i believe it was in the second one that this prophecy was being told but really all that the prophecy was was the evil god trying to get someone to let him fucking out let me out let me out, let me out. this is not a dance let me out let me out but yeah so it didn't work also by the way she totally would have let her boyfriend die yeah, I, I get the feeling. Mr. Ellen Venture. <laughs> that's 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 a skill-based critical thought. Your boyfriend, boyfriend remembers this. <laughs> no, he like he was he was already passing out for blood loss, and also he lived. Hmm, shocker. Essentially, what happened is the good god then panicked, brought her over a fucking thing that was in the room that she made there Ellen. There it is. Mm -hmm. That she made I remember Ellen what I wanted to talk about. Thank God. Excellent. Uh, that she made Ellen eat, and that essentially Ellen, not a caster, just a nobleman who was nice. Um, she is a caster. The thing she gave him made him a caster. And the way that you cast in this universe is you eat metal and you burn it. So she oh, force fed him a bunch of metal and told him to burn it, and that saved him. Neato burritos. Gotta have your daily dose of iron as the moral takeaway from that particular situation with their boyfriend. But of course, let's. I believe uh, he had to eat brass. Let's broaden it back to what the king had to do for the ritual to keep the evil gods uh, stuck in the well. Was this? Uh, uh, make sure I'm make, making sure I heard you correctly. This was something that he had to do semi frequently, right? Yeah. No. And. It was just him, or was this a... Uh, no one else knew about it. Right. Because it, the Well of Ascension gives you an immense amount of power. Like, the first time that the last emperor got his hands on this power, the big issue was that there was a whole lot of mist that was doing weird things to the planet. Mm, when he right. utilized the Well of Ascension, he went... I know how to fix it. Sunlight gets rid of mist, so I'll move the Earth closer to the sun. That's or right. did. Or and did. then he know. moved it too close, I'm... and he lit the world on fire. <laughs> I'll be real with you. <laughs> it's a very easy overshot, because we, we are in a fine position. We are. He then pulled it back, but he, he didn't get it back far enough, and so he just went... Um, uh, everything's covered in ash now because the volcanoes exploded. Um, hey, I can fix that. Humans, you're back alive again, and your bodies are adapted. You can now survive in hotter climates. Hooray! Uh, what else can I do? <laughs> you're out of time. Ah, uh, fuck. I need more well. <laughs> I do admit that's probably the most human thing I've heard uh, it all day. Fucking is, and I actually do love the fact that that's what happened. And then Ben went, like, I'll get um, rid of the mist. I fucked it immediately. Like, straight up, he said, I'll just move <laughs> no, the planet closer to the sun. If you're no that powerful, thinking. just move the mist to the sun. Do you know nope. what the worst part is? No critical thinking. Skill-based. You know What's up? 
The fist is the good god. <laughs> the bad god was just gaining power, and someone had to go to the well of ascension to bleed out his power. And because of the fact that his power was rising, the good god was rising to beat him, but he operates as a mist. So the bad god was doing were like the problem. The yeah. mist is doing it. The good god's like, no, I didn't. And then the backup was like, yeah, it's the mist. Someone should go to the then, well of ascension. The good god can't even say, oh, like, wait, it's not actually me because he has to bother to etch it in stone, which he doesn't have on hand. That's, what an that's, asshole. That's skill. That's an L. Yeah, what a fucking asshole. That's an L. What an asshole. And then, <laughs> in the end of it. Vin becomes the good god, and I, the, she technically kills the bad god, but also, no, she doesn't. But then she and the bad god give their powers to a different guy. So now he's both the good god and the bad god. And they're like, Hi, hey, my name's Gregory. his name starts with an S. I can't remember. Now I got to look it up because you called me so out on it. I'm calling Oh, I was just making a joke. Nope, I've been called uh, out. His name is Sazed. Sazed. Yeah. Sure. Also, he's like, not the last emperor. He's the Lord Ruler. Lord, Lord Ruler. Thank you. Distinctly different. Ruler, Ruler, Lord, Lord. Right. Thank you. Distinctly different. <laughs> uh, Thank you, King Tiger Washu. Now, that is a more common. Um, the dynamic broadening this topic back out again usually gods in a lot of fictional stories do have at least one and then at most an entire group of people who uh give some sort of reverence to the higher power in some way shape or form and is usually in the form of a ritualistic oh. sacrifice since that uh <laughs> much like our earlier conversation is just a riff off of what us humans did with our other human societies you know Sacrifice the lamb every now and then, and now the lamb is the one sacrificing us. If you ever want no. to take the lamb, don't sacrifice me, Mister Lamb. Uh, gotta, gotta, con got a contract with the dark god. <laughs> uh, now, this whole ritualistic sacrifice thing to harp on it a little longer. There are a lot of fantasy races that just seem to just be built to have that dynamic. Uh, on top of any other aesthetical things that they could have, one of the uh, one of them that immediately comes to mind is the um, one of the D and D races, no, that have a particular relationship with certain gods, and they do rituals Almost for them. Almost all of them. Almost all of them, except for humans. Do we have a god in oh, the universe? Multiple. There are humans that are <laughs> gods. They I mean, just that's crazy not... though. Yeah, that uh, uh, doesn't count. I'm kidding. Just, like straight up, <laughs> like straight count. up, Thomas. Straight up, I'm one play I be me, making guys. is straight up just me. Like, all right, I will heal you for money because I am a religion, and that's what we like. True. To keep these, you need these operations going. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets mad at that one. You know, one of my favorite things that our, our D and D players got mad at me for something. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn, y'all should buy some diamonds. And it's like, how come you don't help us buy diamonds? I ain't never going to use it on me. 
<laughs> I'm not shit. wasting 300 gold on y'all. Y'all waste 300 gold on y'all. You put it in a specific pouch that says emergency break glass, and I'll know which one to grab so I can save your life. <laughs> the spell slots. A diamond ain't gonna work on me because I can't cast it on my dead ass. Uh, they're like, oh, you outrageous. don't want to help us. I'm the one casting the spell. <laughs> y'all can at least pay for y'all life. And I do like that since the inclusion of having this practice, tradition, size culture of monetary transaction inherently tied with your practice makes for more interesting character dynamics that you have with your characters. And honestly, this is why I wanted to talk about this topic in the first place. This seems to be a, a particular realm of character writing that I think can be very beneficial. We've already discussed at length the more uh, broad applications of groups of people and even just cultural phenomenons that happen to be traditions and holidays. But I also like to think that something simple and something personal really works. We haven't necessarily talked about funerals and birthdays, uh, but it, something on that similar level where this day of whatever uh, sense of time <laughs> this character operates by is very special to them for a very, for a very particular reason. One of the things um, that I think works really well is the fact that a lot of marriage rituals work like this. Whereas the day that they married, that it's very important to them and will often have a bunch of things that will lead up to it um, leading up to this anniversary. I would love to see an example of just a character whose whole thing is other they have all of these different relationships with people because they actually spend a good amount of their time just celebrating shit uh, a lot of the more hedonistic characters that we meet sort of only are the hedonistic in the case of like substance abuse and general partying even though that kind of makes no sense because like even parties have a theme to them have a purpose for for their inception that were never really explained upon. It's just, oh, there's a party. Wow. Let's go to it. Let's, let's get that let's, bread. Let's get that bread. This is like, oh, will there be drinks? Yes, that I'm there. You don't even know what it's for. Bread drinks. Do I, do I need to know what it's for? I just need to drink in a socially acceptable setting that you see me go to 50 of in one week. Don't worry, he'll be fine. Nobody ever gets a hangover. <laughs> I mean, maybe Especially it's that thing. not me. Maybe no it's different. Just, wait, hold on. Maybe that's the thing, that the character doesn't get drunk and so feels the freedom to just celebrate every single holiday known to man, especially the ones with booze. Perhaps they get gonna a... Stop them. Perhaps they get a sick pleasure out of being the only sober person in a room full of drunkards. <laughs> I am the only one I in full control of my continents. <laughs> Sees the people stumbling over themselves to get to the local, uh, nearby bathroom. Pathetic. Peasant. <laughs> State you're weak, the... giving in to your base urges because you're not because strong he... enough of personality to accept who you are and be so normally. Because they see the person approaching the bathroom, they get to the bathroom first and locks the door from the inside. Just, hey, are you done in there? No, I'm not done yet. Wait a little longer. <laughs> No, don't worry. I'm taking a normal person use of the restroom, unlike you, peasant who must avoid the continent. 
of their bang, stomach bang, bang. in order to feel bang, like bang, a bang, normal bang. person again, bang, bang, bang. like Come me. On, dog. It's been like 20 minutes. I still have to go. Be patient with me. My apologies, sir. It appears that all of the water I have drank has made me in quite a need of release. <laughs> made me incontinent. Must handle this most haste. But don't worry, I am sure that you have not consumed anything that would ruin your body's ability to absorb moisture. Hmm. <laughs> Nothing that causes your body to think, hmm, yes, I must immediately go to the bathroom. And if you do so, then you will feel that need for the rest of the night. No That's seal true. that must remain unbroken. So we see here with this example, obviously this is... An oh. asshole. What we're seeing is <laughs> an, an asshole. Obvious, an obvious asshole character who is uh, making an uh, who's taking abuse of this cultural system that the characters just find themselves in. Obviously, there's another example of just as a even call to action character exists in a uh, in a world with a particular holiday or auspicious occasion that then gets disrupted for some reason. We see this in a lot of holiday themed movies. Cycle back to those. Oh no. Christmas is about to be over because I don't know, Santos called out sick or has received a brutal leg injury towards ACL. I think that's one of the plot of the elf movies is that Santa died. And now this hollow elf this, movies? I, I know it's like the is it am I thinking of the No, I'm thinking of the Santa Claus. Yeah, you're thinking of the Santa Claus. And whoever, the first kills, Santa whoever kills Santa has to become Santa. It's just like <laughs> how many times yeah. has that happened? Enough. You realize how you realize how taxing it is for one apparent white guy to just travel across the entire world. Oh my God! What if, if it's an African American? Oh, he yeah, it's reverse Vitalago. He's Michael Jackson. That's right. He's just. <laughs> oh my God! Michael Jackson was Santa Claus. He was destined to be, but um, his his doctor stopped him, unfortunately. It's probably I for, think, the, uh, for the best. Did you see how fat that the? Uh, oh God! What's his name? Oh God! What's no? It wasn't Will Ferrell. <laughs> Santa Claus. Tim Allen. I yeah, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Will, El Ferrell. Will Ferrell was Elf. Fuck! I keep thinking of the movie Elf. You, th th it's true. That is the second time you've said Elf <laughs> when meeting the Santa Claus. So yeah, the it's the call to action, or sort of say the the situation that gets our that propels our character into their magical journey. The fact that the hol uh, the fact that the, the the auspicious occasion, the holiday, was going to be disrupted as something very important not only to the character themselves potentially, but to the greater uh, world building, and having the character go off to rectify that or to save it, uh, even to maybe build a new one. That's uh, that's not a thing I've seen before actually. You know Maybe what not. you see a Maybe. lot of times, actually. So, correction. That's the night before. That's the nightmare before Christmas, where he brought Christmas to Halloween Town. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, I feel like you see this a lot of times in two scenarios: the boring cookie cutter one, a la the the Christmas or holiday special done by big studios, and yeah. the. Honestly, a lot of times, concept-wise, I don't read a lot of them. I just hear about the concepts. Uh, fan fictions that do this with big properties. They just have oh, make, established... Make, a, make it the established characters of a fan fiction go through a holiday. Yeah. Mm. I think that that is... And again, there's a reason why I was like, I need to have a bunch of... And I actually do have 
so I'm weird. Um, How so? I have a lot of notes on things that I don't know will ever be like actually put out and have nothing to do with what actually is happening in the story. Maurice has seen some of these notes. Um, like there, there's there's some weird ones, and. A lot of it is just the fact that, you know, one of my personal favorite authors is Tolkien. And Tolkien just did far too much world building. And so Not on the right world building, man. Instead, he made a book. <laughs> Literally Listen. made a language and went, all right, now who would use this shit? <laughs> but, um. Turns out, nerds. He did nerds. just enough. Um, and so in my mind, because he is, you know, one of those pillars of modern fantasy, I'm like, all right, well, I want to make a really good book. So I want to try and emulate some of the things that he did. So I do a whole lot of world building that's entirely unnecessary, such as literally having a spreadsheet of holidays and when they're celebrated on certain planets and which races do them. And again, some of them will never come up. Like, the Leedy holiday that is really not a big holiday for most people. It's just the... So the Leedy are run by a dictatorship, and the dictator has his own holiday for him. He also hey. has a birthday. It's not just his birthday. Um, right, because, you know, why would I only have one special day? And Oh, like Lord Frieza Day. Right. I guess. I don't know what Lord Frieza Day is. Um, the big thing with that holiday, though, is that all the miners get to come out of the mine for once. Hooray! And uh, they have to participate in a parade for for the emperor. <laughs> uh, from dirty mining clothing aesthetic to dirty mining clothing aesthetic in the conga line. Yeah. Ooh. Not even a joke. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that you brought this up because uh, this does bridge into the particular subject that we haven't touched on yet. The sort of phenomenon of how these kinds of things can proliferate how does a holiday become a holiday tradition a tradition rituals rituals and auspicious days auspicious days uh, it's a wide range of reasons for why they come up but one of the most common and that is obviously observed with uh, a lot of our mainstay human uh traditions sometimes ah. it's just based on whatever leader at the time decided hey let's celebrate today for x reason sometimes there's like an external reason that then when we reflectively go oh yeah that was an important day that was lit we should you know honor that in some ways some forms other times people are just like hey you want to just make today siblings day uh, we see in a lot of uh, Real quick. i think one example for this yes would you like to know the name of the holiday that I just described from the book? Yes, I Because I forgot I named it. It is the Vice Compress Greed. Is, it, is that meant to sound like the human word greed? Uh, it's spelled G-R-I-I-D. Ah. It is just the leady word for day. Okay. And so what's the other one say? Vice uh, Compress is the name of the emperor it's his title so which i remember of the emperor. let me where do i have my notes on that uh if i remember correctly i should have it written down that 
Yeah. So, I keep saying it wrong. It's the Vasias Compras. It is just, I believe I changed it slightly. Uh, it is based off of the word in Greek for King Cobra. So King Cobra Emperor Day? Or Emperor Cobra Day, since we're talking about an emperor. It, it's, it would just be Emperor, because that is what Vasias Compras means. Okay. Yeah, it's also a pretty simple naming aesthetic. Just day of thing, right? Yeah. Friends Day. A lot of our a lot of our traditions, celebrations, depending on who you talk to and what culture they may come from, sometimes they just have a day that just says Pumpkin Day. Pumpkin Day. And it's just what is the day about? Pumpkins. Pumpkin spice. <laughs> Boxing Day, which is not about either boxing things up in boxes nor the sport over in Canada. I, I don't know what's going on over there, but they have it. Like I still don't know what's going on. Like the day after Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> now, uh, one fictional example of this sort of, hey, we celebrate this because it happened, is sort of like Sozin's Comet from Avatar The Last Airbender, which is a very strange example for me to bring up, given that it's not anybody going, yeah, I'm glad the comet exists. Oh no, here comes the fucking comet. I mean, the Fire Nation is really happy when that comet shows up. I'm True. Just, the, Fire, the Fire Nation in particular, like, oh, that comet's coming. Was back? that every one hundred years? Bird I need to do man, something. Birdman hand rub. Oh, oh, set the original on fire. Then the eclipse came. Oh, I ain't got no power. And it happens like two Ooh, days. It happens like, no like a power. week. I forgot. It was was it like a week or like a month before the? I think it was like comet? a month. Oh like, man, what a what a tumultuous time for the Fire Nation people to be like, yeah. Oh, it's crazy that all yes! of that happened in nine months. Yeah, it is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, what order Korra... does it happen in? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that's just the it's entire like Fire seeing Nation. your wife in her underwear. She leaves. And then Aww. she comes back completely naked. <laughs> it's it, it, it literally that meme of the four white guys cheering, sitting there normally, the chair with eyes glowing red. Yeah, exactly. Particularly excited. Now, if I'm not mistaken, my uh, my remembrance of Legend of Korra is sparse. But wasn't there actually an Avatar day for uh... the Avatar day? I remember they celebrated something, and I just can't they, remember No, what. they already had one in Avatar. It was in book two. They had an Avatar day. Oh. But I think during that day, they were setting Avatars on fire. Oh, they did do that. Bro. They're like, boo, you abandoned us. You abandoned on fire. Look, I couldn't be the Avatar during Avatar day, because Kiyoshi would have came out of me. Oh, I mean, oh, you Kiyoshi better not have. I feel Kiyoshi like didn't even need to come out of you. I was about to say, I don't think you would have come out. I, just I think, think you, you would have handled it yourself. Kiyoshi was just like, yes, that's good. This sure. is exactly what I wanted. Eat them all. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what this Christmas song is, but it's weird. 
didn't, didn't, uh, it, I mean, it's not Mariah Carey's, so... It, it isn't, it, thank it, fucking God. I would actively try and murder something. <laughs> in the copyright. And, uh, yeah, uh, this is actually one of the other things I want to talk about. There's the greater application of the holiday. In our, obviously, real-life human existence, we can count all the way to our fingers and toes at least 20 different times of the year that there's going to be some manner of celebration, be it a party, a social gathering uh, that doesn't have to be specifically a party, a song, maybe even just a particular... I'll call them uh, shucking and jiving, particularly in the context of the Pride Month and all corporations ever. Damn. That is some real shucking and jiving. <laughs> but it is a celebration of festivity. Can I tell you guys something that my mother loves to tell as a story? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how to put this? I believe I've already told you guys this story. This is more so for anybody watching. Um, so, a a as you mentioned, Thomas, there's a whole lot of shucking and driving with the pride times. The pride times? <laughs> I like that too. The pride the times. <laughs> Um, and there was, it, I, I, I live near the city of St. Louis and we went to the St. Louis pride parade. And I remember that there were all these groups and a lot of them were groups of women who were like doing cheer, basically cheer dances were going down the street and they were coordinating. They were doing a great job, but every time they did any of the moves where they would bend over, I found that I literally just instinctually would look away and several times I just looked at my mom and just went, how are you? Oh, hey, mama, how you be? Yeah, you know, how's your day today, mama? I'm I'm doing well, baby boy. And it took, what? like, three times of that happening for me to go, why is this happening instinctually? And my mother explained that basically that's just, <laughs> you're like, how to put this? I have been trained for my entire life to be respectful. And so therefore, when people go and do parades like that, my brain immediately goes, no, it'd be disrespectful to look at them. Look away. I'm looking. <laughs> I'm, I am I can only look disrespectfully, so I must not look. <laughs> I must it's not a, look. I can only sad, look disrespectfully. It's a sad reality for some people. The, the inability to look respectfully. But it's okay. We will teach you. So that you I'll may be honest. Me. So you may look respectfully the next time the pride times come around. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm already. I was already never a fan of parades. The pride parade always was like the best way I could put was like just kind We're of weird to me because I was like <laughs> no because it's like I don't know any gay people who do any of this thing. Well, I mean, one of the gay people that you knew was a person who never wanted to leave the house in the first place. Yeah, but I know. Are you telling me that person in the other in channel who I should? None of them. I I won't say the name of. You're telling me that he know. wouldn't shuck and jive. No, no, not, well, not, not, not like that. <laughs> but yeah, well, it's like I just I just have not. Did, <laughs> like okay. I don't have, but like, look, I don't have a problem with like anything they're doing because already I don't like parades. It's just. I just didn't expect this much pink, the fairy wings, the glitter, all this stuff. I'm like, where's the where's the other representation of the gay people? The ones who don't 
do this. I mean, you can just wear whatever you want. Yeah, Yeah, but it's hard to find the people who... They should be a part of the parade. I mean, we we wear drab colors pretty much every other time of the year. This is the one time of the year where there's just a large collection of people who also sometimes would normally wear audaciously loud colors. I feel like the best example of this that you could go for is uh, Chloe versus me. (laughs) Oh, is Chloe dressed like a fucking rainbow? Mm-mm. Not on a no. daily basis, but if she, whenever she has the chance to go to a pride parade, yeah. Fair. Like, wait, wait, Absolutely. wait, wait. Wait, would she just wear a very colorful t shirt, or is she doing what some of these people be doing, which is the leotard? T-shirt, face paint, hair bands. See, look, 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 that's normal. The people I be seeing. Be wearing you like live in pixie Philadelphia. Loop. None of y'all are normal. Yeah, but like y'all beat up that poor robot that just wanted to hitchhike. Yeah, but look, I've seen many, many pixie leotards of just grown dudes going down the street. I'm like, there are children here, sir. I mean, I've I've gone that's, outside. That is borderline public indecency. <laughs> that's a onesie. It's not a leotard. Yeah, the thing but let, up your ass crack. Have y'all won, worn a onesie recently? Does it go up your ass crack where your no, completely but visible? sometimes some of them are made very tight in the front. It's still covered everything. That one I had to wear a robe for when I was opening presents because I get a onesie every Christmas. Uh, and I've they don't know how to check for that onesie. because the rest of my family are women. But to be fair, uh, the Pride Parade is not the worst of the parades I saw. It's the Naked Bike Parade, which I hate. The Naked I... Bike Parade. Is that in Philadelphia? Yeah. When? As I said. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> uh, let's see. Because working at a bike shop where you rent bikes out and people come to rent bikes for the Naked Bike Parade and you have to sanitize the bikes afterward. Eh. Uh, 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 I don't want to talk about this anymore. Sure, we won't. Uh, there's a there's a fictional example of a parade, a sort of celebration that I wanted to touch on anyway. Not a naked one, right? No, it's it's actually a, a coming of age one for world building purposes. One of my favorite books, uh, one of my favorite light novels I talked about before that has an anime adaptation is called Ascendance of a Bookworm. Uh, features much like many other isekais before it main character unfortunately dies and end up in fantastical world but the important caveats is that one she got put into the body of a terminally ill three-year-old and secondly she's poor her family's poor there's nothing she can do all she wants to do is read a book and will go through almost anything to get her hands on a piece of paper that has writing on it she eventually comes to find out that uh, there is a particular celebration held by church of this entire kingdom slash town district that she's a part of. Thomas, where to yes. not cut you off, it was on August twenty eighth. This wait, is that last year or this year? Okay, this so year it was on August twenty seventh. Huh. I was inside the house that day, so I didn't <gasps> see shit. But that's. They're in the walls. They're in the walls. They're in our streets. Don't worry, they'll do it again next year. No, they're being freaky in our sheets. I might join them, because unlike those people who rented the bikes that have scarred you for life, I have my own bike. So I don't have to worry about shame outside of the shame of 
cleaning that shit up myself. Thank you for having your own bag. <laughs> You're welcome, brother. This hands of sanitizer we went through. <laughs> your hands trembling as we speak. Just can't contain the trauma. In a sentence of a bookworm, uh, this particular celebration is for is ordained by the church to sort of graduate all of the small children who happen to be, if I'm not mistaken, five years of age. Uh, this also allows any of them who want to become uh, priestesses or pre uh, or priest, yeah, priests or priestess. I forgot what the male version of priestesses were for a second. Priests, just priests. <laughs> it is just priests. Which is whack. We should give. We should give more. If we're gonna have gendered things, we should really lean into hilarious gender names. I digress. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I always thought in my childhood, uh, warlock was just a male witch. That's true. What I thought. The uh, this whole purpose of the ritual, of course, is of course to ordain and bless the um, soon-to-be five-year-olds, and allow them or very similar to like a quinceanera and various other celebrations that we have in our real world culture where we try to recognize these children as more than just children now obviously they're not putting these five-year-olds to work but it is uh, an auspicious celebration that many people prepare for so even in this poor lower district that our main character happens to be a part of her sister and her mother in particular who happens to be a uh, weaver by trade helps make the older sister's um, let's make uh, the older sister's dress. The various neighbor who is good with um, crafting of hair accessories makes all of the uh, hair clips that she'll eventually have in her hair. Another friend of the neighborhood happens to be a stylist that does the older sister's hair, so on and so forth. And we get to see this process repeated again when our main character herself, fortunately, somehow overcomes the power of being terminally ill at three and becomes five herself. And these sorts of things I find very interesting as part of the strengths of specifically Ascendance of the Bookworm is the world building that provides a lot of the very understandable opportunities our main character gets to take advantage of in order to get her hands on a goddamn book. Now, Ross, you had a serious answer to my query before. Yes. Bring it up for me, please. Uh, this one is from a game instead of anything like a book or something, but it's from Final Fantasy XIV, and it's a holiday for the players that was created in the game to commemorate the players themselves. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's called, uh... All Saints Wake. Uh, I think that might be the name. Uh, basically, it's to commemorate the day the world ended and was reborn, aka when the 1.0 servers went down and uh, they were in preparations for the launch of 2.0. So it's oh. on that day every, every year. And it has... Uh, the names of each one of the players who kept playing during that 1.0 period who uh, kept supporting the game even though it was bad and buggy and all that other type of stuff while they they were fixing it. 
and I think somewhere in the game all of their names are on there. But if you beat uh, a Realm Reborn, you see all of their names in the credits. Nice. That is actually very adorable. And every year they give us out something free uh, to as like commemoration. I think since they just added in the new fashion accessories uh, thing this year, they gave us all umbrellas with the symbol of the game on it. So that we could like pose and do like the umbrella dances and stuff like that. And every year the creator himself, and it's never the same thing every year. Uh, he, they have a version of him inside the game called the wandering minstrel and he'll lore drop or, or hint at stuff that's to come. And that's basically what he does on all saints week. He hints at where the next part of the game story is going to be or what updates they're going to do or sometimes he'll even cosplay as the new class slash job that they're adding to the game to hint at us and tell us what's going on and he'll personally thank us for supporting the game and its expansions and stuff like that so so we all it's all like a mini holiday it starts on that day but it's like a whole week and uh i I appreciate it because I was one of those players, but I lost that account, so my name and stuff isn't up there. But no! it, it's fine. It's it's the thought that counts. Yeah, yeah, I that could I? But that's one of I the do reasons. I, I do actually love that. So obviously, this is one of many reasons why I'm sure Final Fantasy XIV won multiple Game of the Year awards, multiple years. Yeah, uh, not Game of the Year awards, multiple Game Award awards. Eh, that's hard to say. Over the span of year. <laughs> Won many awards for community and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely for community, community and stuff like that. <laughs> Whatever the hell that is. Man. Now, Man, one of the things... A lot of awards for debauchery, too, if they had those. True. No, don't worry. Someone else gave them that award. <laughs> now, one of the things that I find disappointing when it comes to a lot of other games, particularly MMOs, uh, and so Destiny is, as it advertised itself to be, included in this. There's not much pomp and circumstance. Wow, I'm sure is a, a is also a different story, similar to Final Fantasy XIV, because after 10 years of being, well, after over 10 years now, of almost two decades of being around, you must have some manner of in-game celebrations that are unique to the game space. Uh, actually, the only since I've played both, I can give a bit of uh, insight on it. WoW basically has um, uh, the holidays we celebrate in America in the game, and that's pretty much it. With mm-hmm. the exception, I think there's two exceptions, but I'm thinking only maybe one because they have the the Moonfire Festival, which is this druid hippie shit where you do all this moon <laughs> stuff. Yeah, uh, druid hippie shit. Oh, uh, so so Woodstock, okay. <laughs> you basically, well, well, Woodstock. yeah, but with like more bullshit instead of like a burning man or something like that you go around uh, a slightly charred dude you go around collecting water from like moon wells and stuff like that and you gotta go talk to the druids or some shit uh (laughs) then the other one 
Your but delivery of this makes it seem like you actually have no idea what the fuck happens in this holiday. No, no, no. See, more importantly, he just doesn't care because it's a fetch quest. <laughs> yeah, it's basically what it is. In the game, there's moon wells in all the cities with teleport uh, things in it. And you go to them and you click them. And then you get this currency. And the only thing you can spend the currency on is like fireworks. And it's stupid. Well, no, it's important. <laughs> stupid. To the firework people, you touch their stuff. That's no, no. I am a little mad at Destiny. Yep. Yeah. Uh, because, um... I think you're about to say the same thing I am, so please, let's hear it. Um, they have big events that happen because of the story. Yep. And they just don't... Like, we beat the shit out of Gaul, who actively almost killed us. I, I mean, y'all, not me. This. To this day, <laughs> I feel different. To this day, I am actually surprised by that. To this day, well, like when we it, should at least have a free traveler day because hey, yeah, it's been four years. One of the things in Destiny's lore, um, and this is particular. This explanation is particularly for Ross, the only one who does not know um, all of the hyper specificities of lore and such. The city, the last city, quote unquote, where most the of humanity. City is sequestered it has a long and storied history like any sort of great centralized uh location had obviously multiple different types of invasions where there were key uh key battles that honestly would have meant the destruction of the previous version of a still building city if not for the heroic actions of various heroes and this event is sort of almost central to the history of the city known as the Battle of Six Fronts, where six Titan-class characters just held six different points on this gigantic circular attack on Titan wall disc six. of a city. And if not for their efforts, the scary pirate bug people would have killed us all, and we don't know where we would be by the time our character wakes up. Literally, their and, objective said survive, defend. And, and not... And I'm not saying that that should be a holiday specifically for uh, Shax, who is famously the person that has uh, contributed greatly to this historical uh, historical victory due to not listening to his boss at the time. But the idea of these titans, of the Guardians, doing their namesake and protecting us basic bitch humans, I am surprised hmm. that there's no greater celebration. That there's like, no auspicious day of hey this is when we won which is how a lot of our holidays work that's what our independence day is oh i'm sorry it's not called all saints wait that's halloween it's called the rising the, the rising. rising is that but also yeah. during new year's what would i call uh halloween? no it's sometime in it's sometime in like august or september okay Shit, I probably call it Last Stand Day because that's what it was. Yeah, it was our last stand, stand. Well, yeah, I mean, ours is the anniversary day. of when our world got destroyed by a fucking dragon. Right. Uh, another one that I'm surprised and Maurice already brought up is the events of the opening events of Destiny 2, where more invaders come in and this time successfully destroy an entire section of our city. But then we eventually won a war against you know the warmongering alien archetype 
I have no idea why this is not a celebration called Free the Traveler Day. Or even just, more importantly, called Traveler Day, because during, Mm -hmm. after the events of the Red War, as it's called, the Traveler wakes up for the first time in centuries. And everyone, all the the awakening, right? Or everyone, including the guardian, the other guardian characters, are like, "Damn, I've never actually seen this thing move before." That's calls for celebration. Where's my confetti? And then there's also the time that a gigantic alien ship was going to crash into us, and then Rasputin redirected it. So you know, where's Rasputin Day? Right. Now there was there was an in-game celebration for Destiny. I'll say celebration, but more of a uh, a spectator sport. Yeah, or, uh, no, it was more like a spectacle. Honestly, there had been logistical plans to get rid of the Almighty, the ship that was piloted by those oh, same invaders oh. that have caused the Red War. The whole plan of the leader at the time, Gull, was like, "Okay, the plan's deceptively simple, Michael Ball, brethren. We are going to go there, kick their ass, take their ball, and then launch Eat our ship their into the sun." And launch our ship into the sun so that they die from the supernova explosion. Now, of course, he didn't get all of this in order. He did capture the ball, but we freed the ball. Then he was like, well, I'm going to blow up your shit anyway. And we stopped him from doing that by murdering the shit out of him. Herb stopped his ass. And much later, about a year and a half later, an in-game event that you could just log into the public space server to witness from the tower is the logistical plans coming into fruition of Rasputin, the Warmind AI that we have in that game, and you know, Zavala, big blue man who tells us what to do during missions and such, to have Rasputin launch some rockets at the Almighty and blow it up. That also sounds like an auspicious day. Let's celebrate! I just saw a ship explode and I felt nothing because there was no cake. Where is my no cake. cake? Where is my pomp and circumstance? Nothing's here. Mm hmm. I logged uh, off you... the moment I saw the big explosion because I was like, well, okay, some pieces crashed into the earth, so somebody died, but you know, I don't care about that. That's not yeah, gonna someone at that mountain range over ain't there. Me, though. <laughs> right, it ain't me, though. So, I, yeah. I guess this means nothing. Let's move on. Mean nothing to me. And I just wish we could celebrate it again because Didn't even it play happened. the game. That was during a time of Destiny's uh, play, uh, Destiny's runtime where I was actively not playing the game. I just heard that it was happening, so I logged in for the first time in I think a year just and to see say, it happen, and then uh, did not touch it my ever friend, again. Lala wanted uh, us to come watch it, and I was like, "Bet." Ooh, it blew it up. Is, it is outrageous. Hmm. But yeah, it's just, you know, add add your own holidays. Like, Gears of War has E-Day, which sometimes I just... I'm kind of dead. I don't know if that's a holiday, to... more so just the historical event that everyone references. It is a historical event that everyone references. But, you know, they have it, and they also have Remembrance Day. That they do celebrate. That's a much better one. Yeah. But, you know, they have these events happen that are historical moments, but, you know, a lot of media and games don't add them sometimes from the events that happen in their own lore. Like, even if it takes place on Earth uh, in, uh, what is it, Independence Day? They have a new Independence Day in the next one. That's true. And that's the thing. Like, if we think about most of our holidays, they literally are just like, Hey, important day in history, right here. And that's it. It's just an important day in history. 
but, you know, we now celebrate it. We didn't celebrate that, you know, 100, 200 years ago. Oh. Holidays ebb, flow, and change. They do. Ch -ch -ch changes. One of the ways that they start, even, um, which is different from how they're sometimes even practiced now, is from religious circumstances. A, a facet that we alluded to a lot of times before, but never really specified on in terms of a, w another way things become prolific any sort of large organized group can just decide to make a particular day uh worthy of celebration for ritualistic and traditional purposes it's just just sort of how a lot of the pagan holidays works uh, that end up becoming more modernized and stolen stolen than modernized in that order actually into halloween christmas we don't celebrate summer solstice anymore i don't know why we don't celebrate spring solstice either unless you count the christians and easter which also just sounds like stolen and repurposed have birthdays on a summer solstice have birthday have birthday right. <laughs> <laughs> but we see with a lot of those examples so of course uh ramadan and uh, ramadan i already talked about you said it better uh kaiser it was not Yule, Yule Tide, but I don't know. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Because I am ignorant, and therefore I did not look up how to properly pronounce that. Please drag me in Twitter. I deserve it. No. Twitter Tide. But, no. 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 But Roll Tide is me. not Yule Tide. Then why'd you say Roll Tide when I said Yule Tide? Because you said Yule Tide <laughs> Roll Tide is what the people of Alabama say about their sports teams. Roll Tide. So I'm not ignorant. I'm just no. It's Yule Tide. You were correct. I'm, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I'm you, just gullible. Good you to were know. literally correct. <laughs> and you heard me say Roll Tide. It was. I, oh, I had it wrong. I trust you to correct me because you I like wasn't correcting things. Making a joke. And Roll I'm sorry tide. because sometimes. <laughs> You like being correct more than being funny. <laughs> now, ignoring all of that, Ramadan, Hanukkah, Chinese New Year. There are plenty of other there are plenty of other things that are loosely dictated by more religious circumstances. Uh, although April I'm not, Fool's I'm not Day. Too sure. April, <laughs> some are just there for the memes. Because honestly, that's also fine. You should be able to just celebrate a day just because, like many of the random holidays that we can observe here in America, USA of the 2022. Like, you can celebrate Friends Day. I don't know what you're going to do, but it's it's just a day to get up and do something, which could also transform in our story building and character writing purposes as just an excuse to have your characters care about things that may not have to be just a reaction to the plot that you have going for it. One of the things that Kaiser here often talks about when in, uh, over the process of his writing of this novel that he's already mentioned two different aspects of is often the question to us, hey, I got this low period for the characters. What the fuck should I have them do? Yeah. And often this kind of this kind of query does hit upon an idea that your characters are not going to be living hopefully all gas. Hopefully there's some breaks. Gas, gas, gas. <laughs> exactly. I step up the gas. Step up the gas. Ta -da! 
Now, <laughs> you're, you're the one listening to it. We're playing Overwatch yesterday. You should be happy. We're participating. Uh, the song has been playing in my head all day. Whose fault is that? No. Note that he's not an initial D fan. Rather, he found that off of TikTok. So you can drag him from the Twitter. Oh, yes, feel free to drag me. <laughs> I was watching somebody play Reinhardt to that song. It, yeah, it is funny. You watch them make a clip to them playing Reinhardt to that song. It was a three-minute click. Anyway. Click. <laughs> To have to have these holidays is just a sort of excuse to just do whatever you want to really have fun with the setting that you've put your characters in, especially in the context of fictional settings that aren't totally one to ones to our reality. <laughs> this is a unique situation that all of those people are living in, and you have the power as their god, uh, for now at least, to decide how that looks. Mm -hmm. And what like when it. When it comes to writing, there are a couple of very good things with both of the things that you just talked about. A, adding holidays is a very easy way just to add depth to the world. Even if you don't have them celebrate it, think about how often you have talked about Christmas. There's so much just media-wise that centers around Christmas that people talk about it all throughout. Christmas in July. Yeah. There are Which is a concept that only works when Christmas itself exists. And other times of the year exist where it's not Christmas. Yeah. And the other major Winter thing that Thomas said, July. there's <laughs> almost always some kind of holiday going on. Like, every month has something that could be considered a holiday. And oh, so, yeah, it's August. We don't no, get I shit. There's, there's a lot of things, Maurice. Those aren't Maybe real. Not no, they are. Unfortunately. Nah. Unfortunately. But I had to look up one time for even, working with my sister. Even if it is except for August... Then that's so 11 out of the it. 12 months. It is a very, very high percentage. So if you have, you know, especially a multiple year long story and there's never been a holiday, it's just like, well, what the fuck happened? That's right. They're bored. And <laughs> the second thing is, is the other thing that Thomas mentioned. You cannot just constantly have your characters on the gas. Like, think about it like a car. If you floor it, you can get really fast. You don't just keep getting faster, though. You peak. And with fast cars, a lot of times you get to that peak, and even if you're on a very straight road, you don't have to slow down to make turns or anything. It You get used to it. Like, I know everyone, like, when they think about flooring, I think about being, like, pushed back in the chair, and you're sitting like, oh, my God. it That acceleration lasts for like maybe five seconds. I was going to say maybe two seconds, two to five seconds. I learned and like, need oh. for speed. It only happens for like two seconds. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> and then next up, oh, beach episode. Beach episode is essentially what I'm getting to. You need to have either the show, episode, some minutes, just some kind of a second act break, something within the story that allows your characters to just breathe. Chill. Are we actually advocating for beach episodes? No. Right, yes, I, okay. I will always advocate for a beach. I'm not the biggest fan of the beach episode because I think it's lazy. We need more. Yeah. Like, well, what do you want then? Strip club episode? Fine. No, I, episode. I really like the part <laughs> of Persona 5 where we go to a ramen shop and actually spend time eating ramen. Oh. 
That's surprising. You can eat ramen on the beach. I didn't know. First off, stop. That's not. Like... Oh, <laughs> no, you the can't. Main, the main takeaway I'm hearing here is you play Persona Five. This is yeah, that, that's what I'm surprised by. I played the shit out of that game. What do you mean? I don't. I, yeah. I, have, never I don't believe you. I have beaten Persona Five three you. times. One of those times was New Game Plus, max difficulty. I bought uh, Satanel, which is a thing you can do if you have enough money, uh, at the very beginning of the game, and I just fucking stopped the rest of the game. Because <laughs> Satanel's uh, bonus power was when you win fights, you immediately get full health and full uh, SP. And so oh, you're just sitting there like, wow. I literally could use yes, everything yes, that yes. I have every single combat. Also, hi, B. I know I read your comment, but I didn't actually say hi. Hi, B. Um, hi, B. But yeah, fucking ask DJ. DJ got me fucking hooked on that game. Thanks, DJ. Rod's over here. Fucking everyone, you. everyone is sitting here. They they never saw it coming. <laughs> but it's... Only people who have played uh. the Persona games will understand that joke. And I believe no, no. should buy me enough cred to understand that I have, in fact, played the game. I don't get the joke. No, you looked it up on YouTube. I looked it up you. on YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> Literally asked me a question about Persona 5, Ross. We're, we're deviating Persona this. 3. Yes, ask you about the one I haven't played yet. Three or four? No, you never played those. Just five. Yeah, because five is the good one. Wow. Uh, how how fucking dare Persona you? is one of the game series that's gotten better with age. It's a fine wine. Sure. I ain't gonna go back after having the fucking 18-year Glenn Livett and gonna go back and have fucking an 8-year proper 12. <laughs> I don't know what year's proper 12 does. I only have ever had an 18-year Glenn Livett. Uh, I know yes, they make an 8-year proper 12. <laughs> Anyways... Holidays. Or... Holidays. Yes. Now, that's the point I'm trying to get to. Like, to give an example, like Maurice's mm -hmm. like favorite kind of artwork, the, his favorite period, one of his favorite types of artwork is just the characters, but instead of it being the characters, it's the characters as if they were actors being photographed by paparazzi. What? Ah, the actors' um, AU uh, yeah. interpretation of the stories. Oh. I was so confused. I think this is the second time I have given that description, and the second time I've done it in a way that you've just not liked. It was just there. That's what it is. That's that's what act. That's what very famous actors uh, have to deal with. It is true. Yeah, but they like normally they're interviews. You've sent me several there, Lily them in like sweatshirts and like hats and glasses. <laughs> anyway, no um, okay. the point <laughs> is. I'm sorry, my brain was like, quick, find it. Uh, <laughs> come on, he's not a liar. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm not gonna be able to find them. This happened like months uh... ago. This is. Uh, uh, how to put this the way that your brain works is that it's a big iceberg and there's a bunch of penguins on it those penguins are things of knowledge nah. <laughs> yes and you what happens is you have only so much space you drop another penguin on there one of the penguins gets knocked off the iceberg 
The penguin no. of who the characters were and what the picture looked like, other than the fact that it was a paparazzi photo, gone. That penguin died. The penguin about you liking that kind of artwork and interview kind of things, right at the center of my iceberg. I will not forget it. <laughs> That penguin is going to have to walk off itself for me to forget it. <laughs> anyway, um, the point of trying nice to get you... Nice, it looks legit. It... That was good. Hi. I like it. No. Bro, it's, uh... yeah, it's chat. Oh. <laughs> the chick with the army of penguins. <laughs> this is my favorite thing I've ever heard. Just commanded the fucking pigs. Yeah. Listen, they're beating up whoever they're going. Oh, That's Bowser. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, to get back into it, you can't. You just can't stop looking at it. <laughs> it's fucking. Don't great. worry, I have the solution. Click. I am now aware. Um. What the fuck was I saying? Right. It's important that when you're telling a story to have moments of time where your characters can de-stress. Think about you as a person. You as a person in modern day probably can barely handle a five-day work week. And that's only 40 hours a week generally. Sometimes you get more. But the Ugh. point is that you have not had to be in the same amount of stress that your character has, who's probably doing that shit 24-7, no weekends. No. So I want you to think about that when you're doing the writing. The idea of how much stress your character is under and how much they need to take a moment to breathe. No. Like, I I don't like using myself <laughs> as an example. But, I mean, you, you exist. I didn't prepare any examples of other people doing this. So off the top of my head, all the ones that are coming to my mind are my Oh, characters. you can use me depending on whatever you're about to say. Because in EDM, uh, they only work once a day. I mean, once a week. Yeah. The rest is all downtime. That is a very good example. Second idea. <laughs> okay, but my workers aren't healthy. This is not me saying they should be healthy. This is me saying that people crack under this much pressure. Gotta give them a second to breathe. And, like, I'm not saying, like, in the middle of a high-stress situation, just have everybody take five, like, villains go to one side, good guys go to the other, and, like, get... Like a boxing round? No, no, no. Not no, 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 no it's like halftime of a football game, everybody goes to the end zones, fucking someone's mom comes out with Gatorade and orange slices. <laughs> the water boys of each team giving out singles. Hydrate, well, hydrate, hydrate. I'm sorry, Kaiser. I ain't no helicopter papa. Swing a sink a swim, bitch. Now, <laughs> so here's the thing. The example that I was going to give is, so there's a very high stress situation at the very beginning of my book. It's very intensive at the very beginning. Then there's a solid like six to eight chapter. I can't remember exactly how long it is. Break where they are just on a ship going from Earth to a different planet. After that. There's a solid 10 months of extreme stress, followed by about, sorry, it's about 9 months of extreme stress, and then a month of about week-long spurts of high stress with a couple of days of rest in between those. The big thing I want to get at is, there's no break between the first trial and the end of training. 
they just go directly into it, and there is just an extreme amount of stress throughout all of that. But when they get to the in-between of the trials, I don't just go, and now we're on to the next. I take a second, and I'm like, what are these people doing to de-stress? And half of those chapters are just individual characters going, hey, how are you doing? Well, I so was thrown through the brick wall, so I guess yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and th that's the kind of thing. You have the opportunity to, since they are no longer in that high-stress situation, generally if, you know, anybody fucking... If you ask someone in the middle of a fight, they're bleeding out of their nose, bleeding out of their mouth, hey, how are you doing? Their response is going to be, oh, I'm fine! Or, shut the fuck up, I'm fighting! <laughs> but in these downtimes, you can actually have a character, like, get asked that question... And take a minute to be like, what is this character actually feeling? This person fell in a frozen lake. How are they feeling right now that they've gotten out of the cold and they're finally warm again? This person suffered from dehydration because they were in a desert for a solid three days. Like, they were in the desert hey. for three days. They were dehydrated for three days. Hey, let's How does it feel to actually give all the spoilers? Are they going to give us the Tony Stark speech from in-game? No. The the one when he he came back from being starved after death out in space. No. The one he gave Captain America. No, because that speech was stupid. Oh, Tony. You. Tony's speech was stupid. You weren't stupid. there. You weren't there. We. You literally you. tried to kill me, and then he didn't took try my. To kill him. Yes, he did. My biggest Iron problem was didn't you didn't Iron Captain Man didn't call Yes, him. Iron Man would have killed Steve to get to Bucky. He said as much, and he acted as much. Oh, yeah. The only he reason that didn't happen is because Steve and Bucky on. beat Tony. Yeah, but even at the end, though, Steve did say you can call him. Tony never called. That yeah. was the big problem. It's literally Tony's fault. He didn't call the man. How else was you he supposed to know? You weren't there. I literally got there 10 minutes after you called. Oh, wait, I'm or sorry. Bruce you called. didn't call. Bruce called because he found the phone. Thanks, Bruce. Thank God I didn't put two contacts in there. <laughs> but I put the pizza delivery guy, he might have gotten confused. Oh, no, not, not Morty, the pizza, the pizza guy. <laughs> What's he also, doing in that? Marvel, there's a bunch of just no holidays yeah. for any of these things like the town the city of new york was almost nuked and was invaded by aliens and the avengers saved it where's the avengers day nope. <laughs> none of that uh, luckily in the um terrible video game i think they have an avengers day which is quite nice x-men won't get a holiday because uh fuck off mutants because that's what they think of you america is racist through the mutants mm -hmm. pardon me but yes. Uh, de-stress your characters if you want to. You can be like Kaiser and put them into very, very strenuous situations and, and give them like two days of rest and then they'll go right back into the situation. Sometimes it's not even about entirely de-stressing because, you know, there's obviously the stress of build-up. Like, that that Sunday feeling where you're just like, oh, fucking God, it's, it's happening again. See, I give my people Monday six days of rest. Now, and then I put them into a death match where some of them will die. Yeah. Um, but the point I was trying to get to is you don't even <clears> have to have them de-stress. 
You just need to put them in a safe enough situation that you can actually expand on the character. You can and then do, randomly pick them off. You can do a lot, a lot, a lot of character building through action in combat. Like, having them do things shows, a lot of times, more character than what you could show by words. You still need to have them talk. Can't we and just then, talk? No. And then sometimes, if you're truly evil, you can do a Resident Evil and take away their safe space. Yeah. Like, especially if you have, like, an established this is a safe place to be, you're not going to be able to have that, you know, rug pull moment if you never show them in the safe space. And this is, uh, I, I've mentioned this before in previous whams. In my opinion, the best impact for anything in writing has to come with the opposition present. If you make an entirely, like, let's, let's go, if you're having a more dark-focused story. If you paint a page just black, that doesn't paint a picture. But if you take the time to add in, you know, you paint it black, you take time to just draw a very light white outline, you're going to have a very bright popping picture, something you can see very clearly. You need to have those happy moments so you can have that juxtaposition with the sad moments. Okay, uh, I'm not going to lie. At first, you were losing me. But I was like, okay, yeah, I get you now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you were like, you need the opposition present. If you paint a black picture, it's, it's just a black page. But if you put a white outline around it, you'll have happy moments with your sad moments. I'm like, what the hell am I going down? <laughs> what is this rabbit hole? It, to, to be fair, that's not an analogy that I came up with. It's one that I've heard in lecture. I'm sure. I feel like we had three it's much lectures easier. in one. It, it, it's much better if you have the visualization with it. <laughs> Did anybody uh, else take me the worst interpretation to like Maurice? Or is Maurice alone? Tell me Maurice is alone. It's, it's Maurice for now. I'll work on horrible interpretations of your words later. Please don't. I like it when you don't. <laughs> well, I didn't take well, a horrible interpretation. I was just following your story and it it kind of shifted each time to a different point. And I was like, It was okay. literally the same point the entire yeah. time. One of the things I wanted to focus on was actually the, another application of what you're talking about of this uh, in more longer narratives like a novelization of something having a off period or break time or safe space uh, that are non-combat situations for your characters. I do understand one of the inherent benefits of uh, of this for longer stories is very apparent. As we just explained, doing all gas for what could possibly be 200 to 300 pages of work is a little exhausting for the reader on top of probably yourself and even less importantly, but important if you like, you know, the characters you made, the characters. Mm -hmm. I do see why, uh, as we explore this idea, I do see why we may not see it so much in a lot of other mediums, especially a lot of shorter media. In battle action shonen, like one of the most popular genres of anime in particular there's there's sometimes only all gas uh in some particular stories the usual 
I literally cap out at like 13 to 26 episodes. Sometimes that's all you get. There's not much to, there's not much downtime outside of, okay, we're resting here for the nights before the next villain of the week comes up, <laughs> villain of the episode even, comes up to, to mess with our shit. So I do understand a potential reasoning for why there isn't much of this phenomenon we started our WAM for in the first place. There's no time for an author to think about uh, particular things that they're not going to include in their story to wrap back to what a lot of what you're doing with your own novels. You mentioned that a lot of the world building you actually won't be able to uh, put in the story much like what Doug Wow, I was about to say the wrong author's name. Much like what Tolkien does with a lot of the contents of the Silmarillion. It just doesn't exist in the Lord of the Rings uh, trilo uh, trilogy proper. And it's just other stuff that he has made that are in the universe, but just not uh, focused on or explored. Mm -hmm. And holidays can be very much that same thing. I think then, the uh, I can see if you decide not to, you, both the four of us, you listening to us, or on the VODs. If you decide that you don't want to do holidays, that is fine. But do give it a consideration. Right. Uh, here's here's what I would say. I know I'm like, I'm weird and I did the... I think that it's incredibly beneficial. I think yeah. that thinking about holidays and thinking about the kinds of things that... Especially if you're going to go, I want my book to have multiple types of uh, races. Like, I want elves, dwarves, the aliens blue people Pants. whatever you want to have in it alien dwarves you need to think about them as a full society you cannot i think that it is incredibly beneficial to not paint half a picture mm -hmm. because if you paint the whole picture even if it is just for you and no one else sees the full picture you still have it to where you can use it to influence your dialogue your actions for characters when they're not like directly interfacing with the main story like it's all stuff that you can just have in your back pocket that you can use at a later date and i do believe that it is important it is time consuming and it takes a lot of thought but it's worth it when you can just have an idea for things to even if they only come up in a basic conversation you're making an entire world and or universe, depending on if you're doing fantasy or sci-fi. And the last thing you want is to get to a point in your story where you think you're ready, but then you realize there are 87 gaps that you could have had filled if you had just thought about it beforehand. That's true. I'm very happy with most of the work that I have done for my book because, again, it's just allowed me to be informed about something that I kind of, you know, need to be an expert on because it's, well, it's mine. True. I similarly have uh, a number of cultures that I'm trying to make in my own story that are intentionally built to operate differently from each other and one of the greatest ways to make sure those differences can be pronounced is if there's any celebration that just becomes a part of their cultural zeitgeist yeah and i'll be honest i have a when it comes to world building uh a bit of an advantage that 
a number of people don't have, especially people who are in this field. Uh, I am a student of history. I literally uh, was getting my bachelor in history before I left college. And the, <laughs> I didn't leave college because I couldn't get my bachelor's in history. I left college because I couldn't get all the fucking foreign language credits. Um, and so I know a whole lot about different races and cultures, including dead ones. So, I I have an advantage in that realm, as I can just be like, what's a society that doesn't get much attention in the modern day where I can base a society off of it? This one. Hashtag yeah. people? No, that wasn't, a, that wasn't a question. It was just oh. what I do when I'm thinking about different groups. Also true. It's also how I got a lot of my holidays. Like, there's some a... wet, there's some there's some amazing holidays both still actively um observed now with very uh micro <laughs> micro groups all across the world and even here in America there's some wild shit yeah I like that though I like that humans are weird space orcs yeah. this however does make me think of the last point that I think I want to touch on the sort of impact and influence that the largest observable holidays have while not explicitly celebrated across the entire world of our great land of ball of dirt called dirt Terra Christmas is yeah. the most observed holiday be it for actual earnest hey we're trying to celebrate the, the Christ purposes or Santa purposes if you're Coca-Cola but also because you want a sprite cranberry. But also because of its sort of influence in the world's economics, this is the time of year where the most amount of yearly spending happens. This is also uh, partially because of the holiday itself being loosely associated with the concept of gift giving. Uh, I say only loosely because, like, again, if you don't celebrate Christmas. This almost means nothing to you, but it does mean something to the greater society that many of us happen to live in, and more importantly, the businesses. Yeah, our society is greater. <laughs> and, and the businesses invested powers in our societies who want to take this gift-giving opportunity for their more transformed, shall I say, self-centered purposes? I won't call them evil, despite me being an ancient capitalist. Evil. But they definitely are more self-centered, as I alluded to before with the shucking and jiving of pride of the pride times. <laughs> so, I, a, a better question that you could also just ask yourself is: How does a how does something like this holiday influence your greater world? The sort of uh, thoughts that people uh, that the people the characters of your world will have during those times of year, if it's celebrated only during times of Sometimes even the lead up to Christmas is also something that people do, as Maurice already interjected way long ago, Christmas in July. That concept doesn't exist without Christmas being this big. I was actually the one that said Christmas in July. You were the one that said that? Then I am sorry. However, I will actually I will take away my apology and I will say you are your husband now. Congratulations. Have, Yay, I'm finally handsome. You have literally taken the concept of marriage and become one entity just with uh, two different Discord accounts. Oh. I wanted his Discord account too. 
I'll give it to you for three bucks. No, I don't have three bucks. About three fifty. <laughs> got a tree fifty. Got a tree fifty. Just a spoonful. <laughs> now, uh, one of the things that's super interesting about it is because in our case, Christmas is only so big because specifically capitalism just allows this kind of celebration type to just propagate and be ultra popular, marketed very well. Uh, obviously, of course, there's always the religious and personal connection that many people have. Uh, but some of that is also born from the fact that there's Christmas movies. I think they will continue airing from November 1st to, I'm pretty sure, the New Year's. And in, and that's, of course, not the only times you'll ever see a Hallmark Christmas movie, for example. There are you'd always watch one on demand. We live in the digital age where we can watch anything almost anywhere. No. But in terms of it being actively marketed to remind you of what time of the year it is, of how the greater culture shifts, the almost the greater world even shifts to accommodate for uh, the good times of Jolly Fat Man crawling down your chimney. If you even have one, but still gets in your house anyway, drop off gifts. I saw the Santa Claus. He just goes through the uh, pipes. <laughs> the pipe. I don't know what type of pipe it is. I'm not a plumber. He <laughs> just comes out of your toilet. Hello there. <laughs> he doesn't know when he goes in. It comes out like, oh god. It's like, Santa did you flush? Santa no. I was saying, given that Santa comes Christmas Eve, and a lot of people do celebrate. You don't want to know about Santa coming. And since. And since it's Christmas Eve, where a lot of people do have their feast celebrations, oh yeah, the bathrooms are being used that night. They're he crawls up being home. used. Better hope, Santa. Better hope that more and more houses get bidets by the time he uh <laughs> makes his yearly rounds this year. Uh, Gross. Now, is there any other thing about well, the concept of celebration? holiday, ritual, auspicious occasions that we haven't touched upon yet that you would like to. Remember that not all human holidays would be a thing in space groups. Some of the, most of the races in my book don't celebrate. Fantasy groups. Yeah, well my, this actually would probably apply to elves as well. Uh, Most of the races of my book don't celebrate birthdays. Hmm. A lot of things uh, in terms of creating a holiday, sure, it, it is definitely as simple as, hey, we just want an excuse to party, to as complex as there is, a, there is a particular time of year. Maybe the stars align in a particular fashion that provides a certain Like kind in of the Hercules movie. Where we, yeah, where where we, you know, can observe and celebrate. <laughs> can invade Olympus. Happy holidays. Right I'm at your door. <laughs> well, uh this isn't like uh uh a book thing or a media thing, but it's something I personally do. Uh my family wasn't really big on celebrating holidays or anything like that or even birthdays. Aww. But uh, I do celebrate uh the day I decided to like go 100% into being an artist, which is uh, December Yay. 23rd, 24th. <gasps> it, it, 
the Christmas miracle. A Christmas yeah, that miracle. Was, Art. <laughs> that was the day I first came up with the KS Shinra name because I was trying to figure out a name for the art and stuff like that. And I was like, this... So I made it into my Steam account and that was the day they gave out Left 4 Dead 2 for free. And I needed a name and I was like, whatever name I pick for the Steam account is what I'm going to use for the art. And that was the day that KS Shinra was born and then was like when I find a better name, then I'll switch. And then for the and next, you never eight, did because you're uncreative. Like, the next six years after that, I was just cashing. <laughs> but uh, I decided to celebrate that day because if I was going to celebrate something, it was going to be the day I decided who I was going to be. Yay! And that's, that's fucking wonderful. Failure. I'm going to send you a present on that day. Of course. No. After saying something so beautiful, he decides to be so wrong. But that is <laughs> listen. At this the, point, we all know. It's just the salt pouring out. Just... Good, you're detoxing then. You're detoxing. That is also a good way to look at it. So it's not just a good listen, thing. I'm to... not being toxic. I'm just getting <laughs> the toxins out of my body. It's not just a good thing for uh, media characters. It's a good thing for us. Too, because I didn't have anything to celebrate before because due to my upbringing, Christmas and all of those other holidays and stuff don't really have much of a meaning for me, but I decided to find meaning in something. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Alright, did you have anything that? Uh-uh. Alright. You just sound asleep. No, I just... I don't have anything to add. I didn't have time. <laughs> well, Kaiser hates this. Uh, this does mean that this, this conversation is pretty much wrapped up. Uh, a little sub under three hours, and his bo- his blood no! is boiling at the butt of this content being too short. Wait, we we're at an hour and fifty seven minutes. Maurice, what was that? What was that topic that you didn't write down? <laughs> Oh dear, I may have already forgotten again. I just want to get to two hours. <laughs> sure. Uh, I just uh, gotta kill three minutes. He also hates a... he also hates uh odd numbers. This apparently. is for the podcast community. Oh the other The other uh holiday for World of Warcraft that I I don't know if it's based on the real life one or it's sure, it's sure. Brewfest. It's Brewfest. Brewfest. Uh, Interesting. Okay. It has no in-game uh, reason to exist other than the dwarves like to get drunk. Uh, and Turn down for what? Is it at the end of September? Uh, yeah, I think so. It's just Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Probably. And they they give you alcohol in game. I don't think they do it wow, anymore cool. thanks to the stuff that's been going on but they give you alcohol in the game and you can get your character utterly trashed and that's was a common thing to do get your character completely destroyed and then go into a dungeon and try to fight some bosses Fun. <laughs> it, it did not end well there was a lot of people died <laughs> yeah i can imagine that's how well, I I it. it's actually german Sounds Irish a little bit. <laughs> but um, you want to talk about the topic? Yeah. Yes. It was powers that are wasted on crime. 
Any insta-kill. Oh, player. so pretty much like anything that we've seen from like the Flash rogues. Do you mean pretty like much wasted in fighting crime or wasted by criminals? Either or. It's just the fact alone that you have a power that you can use anywhere else. Mostly it's for the criminals because unlike the heroes, they don't win. Yeah. Uh, so if you have like probability where you're like, oh man, I'm normally going to like, you know, I'm lucky. Yay. I'm going to steal stuff. No, just go to a casino, honey. You'll right. win um, all the time. Anyone with super you... strength not working in construction. Anyone like, with actually, electricity not working in the tech field. Some man Actually, uh, Kaiser, if you want to hear something cool, in the old X-Men um, TV show, Colossus was in construction. Yeah, because it makes fucking sense. Mm -hmm. Do you realize how much those people would be paid? Hey, we don't they need a forklift. So I literally can do it myself. Actually, you would have saw some safety violations when someone tried to drive a truck into him because they were so mad that he was doing all the work by himself. <laughs> Wait, where are all right, you? I'm going to be 100% honest with you. That's not how construction workers work. <laughs> I got a question. They literally would let him do all the work and then they would just sit there like, so we're just going to hang out for the next six hours? Hmm. What's, yeah. the, what's the question, Razzle? Why, why isn't uh, Wolverine a chef? Because he's terrible. Can't go. He's had over 200 years to live and to feed himself. He has knives in his hands. And he, he can't fucking fillet a fish? The man literally Well, no, no, rats. no, no. He can't. He's literally a wild man, though. He cooks and eats off the land. He's not a gourmet chef. He literally eats rats. Then he, he probably does. Just do an episode of Survivor. You're not hiding anything. Yeah. No, he'll be great. But the thing yeah. for Wolverine is he doesn't need anything. So I understand why he doesn't have a job. But like someone like Bullseye, who's trying to make money as an assassin, does not need to be an assassin. This is a choice at that point. But he could say, play he could every a, sport. He could, no, he could, I was about to say, he could literally. He could literally. He could actually make a professional killing specifically in archery. He always had a red head cook for him. Archery? He could play golf. He can't miss. Hole in ones each time. True. You know yeah, how much golf that. players are playing? Hold on, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Does his powers work? It doesn't have powers. Man, it's more like a... Yeah, it's more that's like natural a, talent. Like that man should be in the NBA. Yeah, oh, he, he would dominate. Some three yeah, pointers. Just, he can't. Full, full court just... Whoop. Is dribbling considered miss? Considered missing? No. Or is, he is wants dribbling... to dribble. Is dribbling considered aiming in any way, shape, or form? Because uh, I right, well, you wouldn't need to dribble. He, he can just shoot. Anytime they would not ever receive the ball, he just walked down the field. Someone would throw it to him. Just now, watch this. Watch this three. <laughs> uh, now, watch me win. <laughs> he always had red hits to cook Nene. for him. That's right, Shai. Wolverine true. always had a red hit somewhere to cook for him. Also true. Somewhere. So, yeah, I said anybody with electricity powers. Uh, and I do specifically think about Livewire when I say this, but I also mean static, black lightning. If you have the ability to charge electronics, you have a stable job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine how much money Reverse Flash could make if he just operated as a taxi service? Like, if I, mean, I had I mean, super speed, I would be a like, delivery boy. No, you would not. No, 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 no you no, would. As a, as a person who has been a courier, 
and has wanted super speed, I had realized that I only wanted super speed to make this shitty job easier. But if I had super speed, I would not be working this shitty job. <laughs> well, I wanted to be a uh, a courier. I guess that's the official name for it. Because I, I just wanted a bike. I, I wanted the 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 compartment that you put stuff in and just so I could travel around. I Were could you? have a purpose of traveling around without necessarily the intent to interact with people other than what I had to. Were you gassed up by those little boy cul-de-sac newspaper throwers that just yeeted things <laughs> to people's doorstep? No. What dream no. are you having right now? So I have had a realization. Yeah. Uh, Magneto really didn't need to do everything that he did. Okay. It wasn't about needing to do it. It was about sending a message. That man could have been a fucking trillionaire with how quickly he could make buildings. Like, not even the entire building. If he just Just... did the steel structure, Hmm? that that man could do it in, like, a day. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But then the races come in. He could this is what literally... Magneto does, what he do. Alright, I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. Considering the, uh... The groups that I have seen make buildings. Uh, <laughs> the rich folk who pay for the building don't care about the racists. They will just pay you to get it done as quickly and as cheaply as possible. Could you imagine if Magneto decided him... to team up with like, if Magneto decided to team up with the rich businessmen to make buildings, and how quickly they would turn on Senator Kelly, it's like, let's ban mutants. Now, hold on, mister! That's my money you messing oh, no. with. One thousand percent. I need mutants. This is the point I'm getting at, is that that's honestly been one of my issues with the whole, like, yeah, they wouldn't let the mutants because they're all racist. I'm like, uh, I work in construction, and I can tell you, not really how it works because the owners are the ones that decide who comes out to the job site and, you know, a lot of times it is just the uh, cheapest and the fastest. And everything will be up to code. And a good, will um, be up to code. Out of specifically Batman's villains, the Riddler gets on my nerves because many interpretations of him, he's obviously Toy Man from the Superman rogues gallery as well. Both have the same problem. They have a very unique skill set. One can just be a, a fucking fantastic game show host, no matter how as, uh, no matter <laughs> how eccentric he gets. Yeah. Uh, and the other, it also as the Harley Quinn show already explored, he can literally create the best escape rooms you've ever done seen in your damn life. Oh yeah. And then Toy Man could actually put Disney out of business. I don't know why he's <laughs> still in. Still tr- but both of them fall for the shortcomings of I have been wronged exactly once and now I have made it everyone's problem. Which inevitably also meant themselves being problemed by their petty vengeance. Well, I am a problem. You know what's like a really crazy thing? It's the unpowered ones that become mob bosses. Two-Face, yeah. Ventriloquist, fucking Penguin. Like, yep. where's my Fucking boss, Killer Penguin. Croc? 
Where's Killer Croc in a fucking where's, tiny head? Where's my boss, Poison Ivy, who legitimately wants a bunch of people dead that are high business like, or high or you know or the high echelons of society? So being like, a part of the criminal underworld and specifically ruling it to take out the bigger one makes a lot of sense. Poison like, Ivy would one run game on the weed industry. Two, have an army of hippies behind her, because A, she's plant-based, and she's natural, and B, uh, she's plant-based. <laughs> she is plant-based. Here's the thing Here's the thing that always confused me about Poison Ivy. She should not be friends with hippies. Poison what? Ivy loves plants. Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy should love carnivores. She's one of the keto bros. I was on the diet. Well, keto still has a lot of vegetables She should feature on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> Listen, like, I was on the di- I, I had the diet to win her over. <laughs> I had the diet to win. You did not eat a single. You did not harm a single plant. You may survive. That's not how poison like, ivy sees things. Thank God. I don't even like plants. What the fuck you just say? I I don't like eating. I don't like to eat plants. I mean. I don't uh, like plants being in danger. I also don't like plants being in that's danger. That's what well, I. We have so many things in common. <laughs> I only eat meat. I don't he, eat. I actually survive on food. He says sentences. in a nervous sweat of both fear and horny. Aroused. Oh, you tell me I only gotta buy food for one. I am simultaneously horrified and aroused. I shall call it aroused. Aroused. But yeah, there's just so many, so many villains and like comics and just other things where it's like you do not, you don't need to be a bad guy. You can you can just make honestly, money a different way. This is a choice. It's honestly kind of petty. And the more superpowers you get, the more I'm like, there's not a single application that you want to do with this. I believe uh, one of the Spider-Man villains, and specifically the Spectacular Spider-Man version, Rhino, 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 and a few others were experimented on by Doc Ock to actually be given superpowers. The mm-hmm. Not the abilities of a rhino, but, you know, he was just big and strong like a rhino would be. And I'm like, so you still want to be an average crook? Like, I know you got bills to pay, but now there are better ways to pay. Now there are actually better ways to pay your bills. Vladimir actually did do it correct with some of his um, mainstays, like Tombstone, Indestructible Skin, and Intelligence. Yeah, I'm going to be a mob boss so I can make good money and be safe. And I'm like, there you go. Now, not every mob boss in the city is just a normal human. Kingpin. Hood. I see you over there, Hood. You only have a devil's cloak and two guns. You're still a normal dude. I will fuck you up. It is surprising. (laughs) It is surprising what Kingpin get away with, given the fact that he's a Roblox character. It is quite impressive, if if I may say. All right, that's about it. That was the. But I didn't identify as a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, I identify as a problem. Well, technically, I identify. I dignified. I am dignified as a problem. Yes, you are. I dignified, and we love you for it, Shy. You're our problem. Also, Markiplier's problem. Uh, And Markiplier's problem. I know Shy absolutely lied to us. 
when uh, Shia was like, oh no, I missed the release date of Markiplier's OnlyFans. Shut the fuck up. No, you didn't. <laughs> You're the one who crashes There's damn so the much anger place. in that response. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I know they're lying to my face. <laughs> <laughs> damn thing. You You just tried to avert blame. I know you. <laughs> I know your operations. <laughs> I love you though. Just don't lie to me. <laughs> That's all I got. And uh you know, listen. It's the end of the stream, specifically in the okay. uh, specifically talking about holidays. I love that we just start listen. some conversations with listen. Okay. <laughs> you know something right, we'll I'm glad about? Gonna, we're gonna wait to end the stream until Shy gets there. Repost. But yeah. uh, you know something I'm glad about is that I a lot of the stuff known. that I talk about. <laughs> I may have done. Oh, uh, may. But uh, you don't got I, FBI tabs on that motherfucker. Stalking them, but yeah, a lot of things I talk about, I do somehow just subconsciously make sure I do with my stories. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is a you <laughs> like haven't made the account yet. Okay, haven't you made the main yet. account. Haven't made the main account. As I've already alluded to, you had at least several thousand bot accounts. I know you. <laughs> I know you. I think that it is one of the better parts of this podcast is that it's <laughs> no, we are <laughs> we are just all <laughs> like this. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, that it really is something that I like about the podcast is that it is a just consistent reminder of you know this is how I feel about writing. I now need to ensure that this is how I am writing. And, you know, generally, I know I follow all my rules, but doing this and presenting it, it does force me to think back on the things that I have done. And I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. But it has resulted in me going back and double checking things and finding that there are areas that I can shore up on in my own writing. And that is a big key for writing a novel is that you need to constantly be ready to improve it. You're not going to get it right the first time. Might not even Unless get it right the me. second time. No. I'm built right. <laughs> built differently. No, I'm built correctly. Oh my. And I'm it, built different. You just have to be ready for that. And so listening to videos like ours, uh, and Participating in discussions around writing is one of the best ways to think about your own stuff and to have that moment of, oh, I didn't do X, Y, or Z, and I think that it could really help, and so now I'm going to go back and do that, or I'm going to change this one thing because it might come across as X way when I was really going for a different feeling. Yeah. I agree. Something I also like to look out for my own stuff as well. And Roz does it with his art. And uh, his what? Writing. Which means, you know that not uh, you know that artist uh, the you know that artist the art that you were talking to me about yesterday. It should be the eight pictures around your border. Everybody in Christmas clothes. 
Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything special. Just give like one of them, a couple of them elf hats, another one holding a mistletoe. One got this gun. One got this gun. The Christmas gun. All right. So, as always, roll tide. Roll tide. Not to be confused with Yuletide. Although, do confuse it with Yuletide so that I feel vindicated and validated in my existence. Vindication! <laughs> Go write something. Love you very much. Also, hydrate, because that's something I need to do for myself right now. And think hydrate. about the beach episode. Just think, just keep it in the back of your Think about the beach episode. Think about the festival episode. I don't currently trust my uh, tap water, so I will not hydrate. But you okay? <laughs> but will you uh, think of the beach episode? They they recently uh did some work on the pipes and the water was like orange. Oh my god. Uh, Sunkiss? Yeah, it was Sunkiss color. Maybe go maybe go get some bottled water. Uh, uh and when then I can afford it, something. I will. <laughs> yes. Then go make something. Wait, you do you need like a couple of bucks so you can get a gallon? We can talk about this when I hit the street. <laughs> Go make something. Bye, street. Bye, street. So.